Hey everyone, welcome back to the Microcast, a microcosm community call. In today's call, I'm joined by coaches and parents, Sarah Strong and Drew Connor, to discuss training and goal setting while parenting. In our call, we dive into the importance of developing good communication skills, flexibility with priorities, zooming out skills, and self-care. We also get into the specifics around finding time to train and how to consider setting goals for newer parents as well as parents who are farther along in the process. This call is incredibly informative with tons of great takeaways for athletes at every level and every stage of the process. Even if you aren't a parent, listen in. The skills that parenting forces athletes to develop are fundamental for the longevity and success of every athlete. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, please do us a favor and rate and review us on your preferred listening platform. This helps us continue to build our community and get more interesting and important conversations out there. As usual, if you have any feedback, a question for a future call, or are looking for support in your running journey, please visit us on the web at microcosm-coaching.com or contact us at microcosmcoaching at gmail.com. All right. um, You know, the call topic today is training and goal setting for parents. We work with a ton of parents at Microcosm. Um, I mean, I feel like at least 50% of, of, our, of our team is made up of parents, maybe even more, honestly, probably more. And, you know, I guess the reason why I wanted to take the onus to have this call is because like, I really like working with parents. Um, I feel like parents get it in a way that other athletes don't, don't get it. Um, like they know how to use their time. Well, they don't have any issues getting the work done. They always have like fresh and healthy perspectives and levels of attachment around their goals. Um, and they seem to like always lead with their values and understand how to balance, prioritize, organize things. Um, they seem to have a really good grasp on a lot of the components um, that I think are important in living an athletic life and, you know, ultimately, you know, just living a, a good existence as a, as a person out there. Um, but, you know, I know that it's not, it's not easy, right? Like setting goals, being flexible with your training, hitting guideposts along the way, it's all more difficult when you, when you're taking care of other, other people, especially kids. Right. So, um, even if you've got things dialed in and a lot of our parents do, it's still really hard. Um, and I guess, you know, for me, that kind of just like reminds me, this whole thing reminds me a little bit about an athlete I was working with or am still working with, but, um, they had this like epic build up towards a race. It was like years in the making and right in the last week they were tapering and their kid got sick and then they got sick. And that athlete really um, like flawlessly shifted their perspective from the importance of their goal to taking care of themselves, taking care of their kid. And um, to me, it just said, wow, this athlete like really gets it. Like they were training super hard for their goal like they totally cared about it. Like it was a priority. It was something that they were working towards and they were balancing that with the other things. And then when, when life stuff happens, um, you know, they were able to step back and it just said to me like, wow, this person really has a a healthy 
relationship with the training and themselves. And um, gosh, I just, I kind of just provided an insight to me. It's like, wow, we have so many parents in this community. We've got two amazing parents who are coaches on our team, Sarah Strong and Drew Connor. And like, we need to tap into this resource and see what kind of takeaways, um, you know, we can get from a conversation about, you know, being an athletic parent or being a parent who, you know, is pursuing athletic goals at a high level and balancing, you know, parenting and all of those responsibilities, because we can, you know, I think in the most difficult situations, we tend to really find out what we're capable of, right? Like we really find out how healthy is our attachment to our training? How do we really prioritize things? What are really our values? Like those things come to light when life is hard. When you're sitting on the couch and you're watching Netflix, you're not worried about that stuff. Like everything's gravy. But when things are tough, when you're taking care of others, we get those important insights and then we can translate those insights to anyone, an athlete who doesn't have kids, an athlete who doesn't have a partner, an athlete who's single, an athlete who's young, an athlete who's older. Um, all of this stuff translates. So that's what I want to get into with Drew and Sarah today. And I'm just like super stoked to learn from you guys. Um, so yeah, let's let's start out with a, a question. Um, kind of a broad question, but I'm curious for for you guys and and whoever wants to answer first, totally cool. Um, you guys are both parents and in your athletes, your small business owners, your coaches in kind of in the essence that like you're just busy, you're busy people. Um, how do you stay flexible uh, with your priorities, knowing that life can throw a curveball at you, like at any moment, especially as parents? And like, what's your mindset around that? So I'll answer first, only because I feel like I've learned a lot about um, flexibility, uh, generally speaking, from Coach Sarah. I think at one time last year, I was going through like, I don't want to say like mental breakdown, but I was struggling kind of understanding how like I was supposed to do what I want to do while also supposed to do the things that I need to do and and how to balance it all and 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 just be flexible with myself um, for things that are less flexible like the kids, right? Um, and so for me, I had to come up with like a list of priorities. And obviously like your kids are a priority, your partnership, your marriage is a priority. Um, and, and understanding that sometimes, uh, and, and running, obviously I am a priority too, but there are things that are, you know, there's a list, everything can't be one. Like you have to have a two and a three, right? And go down the list. Um, and so for me, like actually writing down my priorities helped me understand where I needed to be more or less flexible as it pertains to uh, family life. Um, also kind of knowing when to say no. So I I think Zoe kind of struggles with this too. It's something that I do. I don't like to say no. Like I I, it's the answer should always be yes. Can you do this? Yes. Will you be there? Yes. I always say yes. And, and having kids specifically, um, really being in a, in a marriage, uh, but also specific like kids, um, really, really, really important to learn how to say no 
so that you can maintain some flexibility when it comes to family life and training and running and whatnot. And hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, I think it really did, Drew. And, and just to, to jump in here for a second, I like the the fact that you're working on learning to say no. And like, just, you know, we have a, a personal relationship outside of coaching. And I know your, you know, your background in the service industry, and we kind of come from the same place. And I can say with confidence, we're both kind of like people pleasing types. And that's because of the work that we did before becoming coaches, before becoming, you know, before you became a parent, before you became a husband, like all of that stuff. And those neural pathways become really well-defined. And so you very quickly get to that, like, yes, answer, even if you're not enthusiastic about it. And so I, and I, I see this in Zoe, like we often mirror that back to each other in, you know, in our coaching and our relationships. And this is a huge thing um, that every coach on our team has to work on is we're not here to please people. We're here to help people accomplish goals. And I think, you know, viewing things with that lens that sometimes the information, a no, a boundary, sometimes, um, hey, you're not, you know, living up to your commitments um, as part of the athlete agreement. Sometimes you are, um, you know, not showing up authentically. You're not putting the work in. You know, these are things that are not, are, are hard sometimes for athletes to hear, um, but it's not my job to please an athlete. It's my job to help an athlete get from point A to point B. And what I'm hearing from you is that as a parent, you're learning that that's something that you need to work on. And I think that that's a really cool insight because it's it's great for everybody, not just coaches, not just parents. Um, it's great for athletes too. Like we work with so many people who are, really busy and really high achieving. And it feels like good to say yes a lot. And like, yeah, we're making people happy and um, we're doing a lot of things. But I think a lot of us can try to move to a place where if it's not an enthusiastic yes, it's always a no. Because I know, at least for me, I don't have time for a half yes. I know parents don't have time for a half yes. You either have to be all in or you're out. Um, and so I, I, at least that's what I got from what you, from what you were telling me, Drew. And I think that that was really important. Yeah. There's just, there's not a lot of opportunity to, to be flexible, right? That's the whole point of the question is about flexibility. You don't have the opportunity to be flexible if you take on too much. And to be honest with you, uh, having kids, taking care of kids takes up so much time. Like you mentioned in your intro talking about like, well, sitting down and watching Netflix. I miss Netflix. I haven't watched Netflix in like four years. I would love to binge watch anything <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, but, but you just, you have to prioritize your, your, to have flexibility. You have to really get specific on, on like those enthusiastic guesses. Nice, man. Awesome. Sarah, what are your, I can tell that the wheels are spinning. What are you, what are you thinking? Oh, lots of things. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. You started by saying, um, you know, parents always have the good mindset and we always figure out how to get it done. And da, 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 da. And I would think that most parents would probably disagree with that. Cool. And I think a lot of us struggle with that mindset and struggle with feeling like we're getting it done 
and um, don't see what the coaches see, which is look at all of the things that you're juggling, but we see all the things that we're not is a really common perspective. And so I think it's really nice to hear that and to try to remember that like we are getting it done. Um, it's, but it's holding on, like you talk about being flexible, it's holding on to what getting it done means. And so, you know, this idea of like, well, can we have it all? And like, yes, but not all at the same time and not all really well, right? So like, if you wanna be super great at your job and a super good parent and super awesome runner and, you know, whatever, um, that's like really hard to do all at once, especially when you're transitioning into a new role, like you're becoming a parent or whatever. And so I think it's about recognizing that there are seasons in our life for everything and there's time for all of it and it doesn't all have to be right now. And I know one of the things that I really struggled with um, in, when my kids were little was that sense of urgency. My first marathon was when my firstborn was one year old, day after his first birthday. My second marathon was six months after my second kiddo was born. Um, and I <clears throat> ended up with a femoral neck stress fracture <clears throat> and um, a number of uh, other medical complications because I was running my body into the ground because I was trying to have new kids and work 40 hours a week and also start marathoning like all at once. Right. Which isn't to say that new parents can't run a marathon, but I hadn't done one before. Right. So um, that's sort of, that's the caveat that it was a new distance, that sort of thing. And so I think it's about not letting go of your dreams, but about really having some perspective on the timeline and asking yourself, what is the why for this time in my life right now? What are my, like exactly what Drew said, what are my priorities for this time right now? It doesn't mean if work's not my priority right now, it doesn't mean I don't value my career. It doesn't mean that, you know, I just went to school for this degree and now am I not gonna use it? It means that right now, my priority is building a strong attachment with my kiddo and making sure that his new, you know, that our transition to a family is awesome, right? Like that's my priority. So um, the why and the timeline and thinking about like what values are guiding you at this moment, taking that, that reflection right now. I really like that. I think that, you know, I'm hearing a couple of things that are great takeaways for athletes. You know, one is there's, there's a time for everything, um, but that time doesn't have to be right now. And this is something that um, a lot of athletes really struggle with and, I think that it takes a lot of time to develop that uh, that healthy perspective, that long-term zoomed out perspective that you just described, where it's like, I tried after having my second kid to do my second, you know, to do a marathon and I got a stress fracture. And, you know, that wasn't, you know, like, in, you know, we're reflecting back, but it's like, that wasn't the right time, but there is a time for that. And we can't do it all. And there's often uh, the sense of urgency that you mentioned, Sarah. Um, athletes, parents deal with that. But we see that in athletes of, at every age and every level and every iteration of the process, um, failing to look beyond one season. And sometimes even it's like three months. I can't look beyond three months. And, you know, I was just like looking over an athlete's race schedule for this summer and they have like 15 races 
and like my, you know, like, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Like this guy really loves racing and, and whatnot. But I'm also thinking like, this is, this is a lot of stress. There's not a lot of room for growth here. This is just going to be racing. Um, and so, you know, wh why are we doing it all now? Why aren't we thinking three years, five years, 10 years, um, these bigger timescales, which as athletes, we really need those bigger timescales to develop our aerobic systems, to develop our musculoskeletal systems, to handle the impact forces of all of the running and the training. So, you know, I think like you're, you have some really good points there where it's like as parents, the stress concentration in certain moments may be too much. And we have to become really aware of that in order to zoom out and make those decisions and then to adjust you know, our time scale. And then there's the second element to that, Sarah, which you mentioned that I think is really important. It's that the flexibility isn't necessarily in the day to day, like, oh, today I could, you know, I missed a run. I had to take my kid to school and that's cool. I'm being flexible, giving myself grace. The flexibility that you mentioned, which I think is really important is actually in reorienting what you're prioritizing and what you're valuing and being fluid with that in certain moments in time and then being willing to kind of change where those things are, where you prioritize things, um, you know, as you go. And I think that that's really cool. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at notes here and I, I see that both, you know, in what you wrote here and what Drew wrote. Um, and so, you know, I'm just curious if you guys wanted to expand just a little bit on that, because I think we often talk about like, values as being pretty stagnant and, you know, our priorities as being pretty stagnant and not necessarily always something that we could be flexible with. So this is a pretty cool concept, I think. Yeah, I think you're, you're right. There's a huge shift in priority and values when you become a parent, not to say that you don't have, I mean, obviously everyone has values, everyone has priorities, um, but I mean, it's, it's wild how one day you can be here and the very next day your child's born and all of that shit doesn't matter anymore. Like everything is different. Everything changes. And I know for, um, half of our athletes that will listen to this, that don't have kids, it just doesn't make a ton of sense, but, um, it's just, to me, it's, it's wild how you're almost, you're starting over, like you're creating new values, you're creating new priorities. Um, and you'll go, you know, 30 years or whatever, whenever you have kids or decide that that's the path for you, um, doing everything a certain way. And then all of a sudden day one, it's, it's different. And, and I don't know, it's, it's wild. So uh, checking in on the values, right. That we mentioned in the notes, like going through and, and taking the time, what little time you have as a parent to think about literally anything, uh, to, to go through that. Um, I don't know, pretty, pretty important and, and a big deal. And I, and I think it's, yes, there's the transition to parenthood, which reorients some of your values. And then there's also just like multiple transitions that happen as a parent, right? Like when um, your kids become more independent and they're socializing, um, your free time now is free time that maybe you can do more things with, right? And so, but when they are um, six months old and depending on you for food and many of your nutrients are going to them, 
um, and you're not sleeping all night and all of these things, the role that they take, the energy that they take, the stress that they, um, the toll that they take on your body, your emotions, all of that changes, right? So like, you know, and then when they're teenagers, they put stress on your body and, or your brain in a totally different way. And so, um, but also you're free, you have a lot more free time because they're never home, right? So there are just different, our environment's constantly changing, our relationships are constantly changing, our free time's constantly changing. And, um, and also like, I think a lot of times too, our, um, when we have kids, our work changes. Um, and so there's just a lot of stuff, sorry, my dog's playing with the toy. There's a lot of stuff that um, can impact our priorities and our values. So um, it is worth checking in and worth kind of trying to have some awareness of, um, do I feel suddenly like there's a lot of free time on my hands or do I feel like I'm feeling really stressed to fit these runs in? Maybe I need to pause and take a look at my schedule and, and think about why those things are. Totally. And I, I like the idea of, of pausing and having that moment of reflection, you know, whether that's taking a couple of days off training, getting a reset, having a conversation with a spouse or partner or with a coach, whatever it is. Um, I, you know, I, I guess what I've seen, you know, working with a lot of parents over the last five years is that parents, you know, are often really good at that. But again, like they don't necessarily give themselves the credit because there's always something to be done, um, which is, you know, something that I've heard from both of you guys, right? Like there's always something to be done as a parent. So you, you kind of have that never ending checklist. And so, you know, your ability to compassionately evaluate how you're doing is um, it feels like an uphill battle and, and maybe we're not uh, looking at ourselves as compassionately and with as much grace as we can. Um, and so sometimes if we have to give up the running, that can be an, an issue. Um, especially for really high achieving athletes, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to change my plan. Um, I have a hard time changing my plan. I have a hard time accepting doing less. Um, but like those little things, the training is a dial that we often have control over. That's the stress dial that we have as athletes, the most control over because we're doing that like usually in our free time, right? Like what little free time that we have, the, and especially for parents, like whatever empty space you've got, you're gonna, you're usually training. Um, and so you've got control over that. You don't have control over if you need to feed your kids, um, you know, if you've got a newborn um, or whether you're sleeping well, uh, you don't have control over if you have to take your kids to school or their vacations and like all of these other things, right? So like, I think something that, um, a place that parent, especially new parents need to arrive at is an understanding that those stresses aren't necessarily within your control, but the training stress is, and we have to get comfortable turning that dial down in certain moments. Would you guys agree with that? Or what are your thoughts? I totally agree with that. And I think one thing that could be really helpful, especially in those early years where like, I, for anybody listening to this who has a zero to three-year-old, like it gets easier. I promise you are in the thick of it. It's really, really hard. So in those years, especially, you know, I encourage folks to hold loosely to goals and um, think about things like, um, you know, instead of, I, you know, I want to run a half marathon at the same pace that I 
did pre-pregnancy by one year. And that's my goal, right? Like that's super outcome focused. And there are all these things that can impact that goal. And when we have really rigid goals like that, and then we're going out for a training run and our kid wakes up and needs attention and suddenly our, you know, we aren't able to run as far. Then all of a sudden we're like mad at our kid for being a kid. And then that's like an icky feeling and it, you know? And so when we can pull loosely to those goals and we're like, I'd like to aim for a half marathon around the one year mark. And then what, you know, aim for those kinds of loose goals where we do have something, there's something on there that we're looking for, but we're not expecting some superhuman thing from ourselves, you know, and it's okay if we're not able to do it. Like that piece I think is very important. Totally. And I think sometimes the struggle to let go of those things is a product of the never enough mentality uh, that is really prevalent in high achieving people. And I think that the more we get to talk about this stuff, the more we can break down those barriers and the stigma that exists around pulling back and being flexible with goals and really considering life context and stress when we're making decisions. Uh, that stuff is just really, really vital for longevity in athletes. Um, it's a skill that I think parents are like required to develop, right? Or they, you know, they end up burned out or or sick or injured. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the goals because I think that that's really important. Um, so what, what's your take, uh, Drew, on, on setting goals in the, you know, in the context of responsibilities as a parent? Are you, are you trying to set those goals around like school vacations and parent-teacher conferences and like all of these things that your kids have going on? Or do you do it when, you know, it makes most sense for you? Like, how do you, how do you go about that process? So let me speak for me and my personal experiences. Currently, my kids are one and three. So two inside the range that Sarah just said. So I am treading water barely at this point. Um, and so fortunately, I don't have a lot of kid related activities to like move around for goals. Um, but that doesn't mean that like goals aren't hard to set, right? Because I am busy and I do have a lot on my plate at the moment. Um, so when it comes to me, uh, any goal that I'm in the process of making right now takes significantly longer. Um, and so I have to give myself a lot of grace where pre-kids are like, well, I'm going to train for a marathon and I'm going to be BQ ready in 20 weeks. It's like, now it's like, well, give me three years. Right. And so uh, the, the timeline changes considerably. Um, and so uh, understanding that and giving yourself that grace, understanding like, OK, this isn't going to happen overnight. Um, and I know that uh, women who give birth, that obviously changes that timeline even more. Um, what the body goes through is incredible. But I mean, it's it's a lot of stress um, physically and mentally <clears throat> um, as it pertains to goal setting for me. Um, I have to 
well, try to at this point, because our kids are obviously they're very dependent. So looping in the family, like I can't just be like, well, I'm going to go do a race and I'll be gone for four days. See y'all later and then leave. Right. So it's important that I either uh, plan like a family outing together, like, well, I'll do this race, but then the next three days we're going to go to these parks and we're going to do these things and make it like a family activity is, is a big deal. Um, and then um, trying to, I mean, say that, like, I think it's important for your kids to see you running, to see you working, to see you taking care of your body. And so that's a whole nother deal. Um, but then trying to, uh, even those trips that you plan, like the races, like planning everything really far out, like almost as far out as you can plan. Like, like we bought like tickets to fly to Mexico this fall. So we almost bought like seven months in advance to like go to something where we would have never done that before. Alicia and I'd be like, you want to go to Mexico next month? It's like, sure, let's go. Um, now, obviously that, that changes a lot. Um, and then I think I put in my notes too, as it pertains to trips, trip insurance, big deal, travel insurance, buy it. Cause you never know your kid could get sick on a whim. Cause they licked the bottom of a table at restaurant so just like do your thing <laughs> i think there's some really good tips in there drew sarah what are your what are your thoughts um especially for those who carry the baby um and birth the baby um the body should be dictating your return to running um so like the six-week checkup where the doctor says go ahead um you're allowed to exercise again doesn't actually involve a physical examination of any kind. It's just the typical six week go ahead. So that's not actually an indication of your health, your micronutrient level, um, anything. So you need to be paying attention to your body. I can remember like, I don't know, eight weeks postpartum, like crying on a trail because I was so slow and I just was never gonna be that fast again and it was all over and I was like eight weeks postpartum so just like be kind to yourself and give yourself that long timeline um you know again I think that piece is is really big and putting arbitrary timelines and giving yourself goals really early on in the process like I just I think it's just setting you up for disappointment it's setting you up for negative feelings and instead I think just being curious about what recovery looks like, be curious about what your body likes to do and what feels good and how long it feels good to be away from the baby, which can be uncomfortable when you're nursing, like all that stuff, um, that, that information comes from you. There's not like another person, your coach is getting information from you to guide your, your recovery. They're not basing it off of anything other than your body. So it's up to you to communicate that with your coach. And um, that's like, you're the expert there. No book's gonna be able to tell you what the right recovery timeline is. Yeah, would you mind expanding a little bit just because you're, I know your kids and Drew's kids are different, like at different ages. And I think it can be really helpful to hear about, um, yeah, scheduling and, you know, figuring out like your, you know, how you set your goals, Sarah. I know you, we've had conversations about this and, and you've mentioned to me that you tend to schedule things like certain times of the year because of your kid, you know, the, the 
um, responsibilities that like you have taking your kids to certain places or their vacations and, and all of that. Yeah. So my kids are now in school, which, um, has been wonderful because now I don't have to like arrange childcare to go out for a run. They are in school and I have some flexibility during my day so I can run while they're at school, which is great or early mornings before school. And like my kids are at the age where they, um, sleep through the night, um, which I know sounds amazing for people with young kids. And that predictability of schedule gets easier. That ability to rely on a routine gets easier as they get older. Um, and so I actually do the opposite. Instead of tr- planning around their vacations, um, I plan f- my races when they're in school because then they have childcare. That's not what school is, but you get me for like eight hours of the day. Whereas if it was the summer, I would have to be arranged. I have to figure it out. Their dad's got to work. I can't be like, here are the kids for five days go. Um, And so now when they're in school, I can do my races or I can do my more serious training. So summers, actually, I pull back a lot. I spend most of, I reorient my why. I do less work in the summers. I do less running in the summers. I'm very family focused when my kids are home and then they go to school and then I, I focus more on running and work. Again, a nice illustration of the, the flexibility with priorities. I think that that's awesome. Cool. So just zooming in a little bit, how do you guys, how do you set things up to get the training done during the week? I think this is going to be a different answer completely considering your kids are just at different ages. So I'm curious to hear one first from Drew and then from you, Sarah, on this. Okay. So my big deal is we... I, I don't run long on weekends anymore. Like no more weekend long runs. I'm not going to leave um, Alicia with both kids um, if I don't have to um, at all during the weekend. Um, I personally, and with this is maybe something I need to work on, but I just don't think that's fair for me to disappear for three plus hours just randomly on a morning when the kids are Ooh, they're a lot, right? So um, I've shifted my training schedule around where my long runs are actually on Thursdays. My kids um, do have childcare, AKA like school, right? So um, it's, I take them to school, I drop them off and then I go on my run and I've got all day. Like Sarah, I have made, well, I have changed my work life so that I have much more flexibility now. Um, I drop them off on like Monday through Friday. And I've made Thursdays, my long run day. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I try to, I guess, I guess I could run early in the morning, but I just sleep. Like Sarah said, when you've got like a little kids, they just don't sleep that great, or at least mine don't lucky me. Right. Um, and so I don't run early morning. Some parents that works for them. Like I wake up at 4am and go on a run. That's not going to happen. I'm already up at 10 midnight, two and three. So I'm not going to wake up and go run at four. So that's, that's like my big deal. And I've got like other things that I've done to like make my training work for me, but the biggest impact is that shift um, of the week. Tell me something, Drew. I want to go a little deeper because I think that that, you know, you're not the only one out there who's dealing with kind of those constraints I know you're working with a coach now. Has 
your your week change because of that relationship? Are you seeing more uh, space to get those runs in? Like, has anything changed between when you were self-prescribing you training and then when you started working with the coach? So this isn't something that's necessarily specific to parents, but I know that it's something that almost all parents go through is something called decision fatigue. And so uh, with me specifically, having a coach hasn't necessarily changed my week as it pertains to scheduling, uh, but I feel like having someone else like make those decisions for me, like I'm already planning breakfast, lunch, dinner, and grocery stores and meal prepping. And what are these kids going to wear? And do we have enough diapers to get us through whatever, like a million decision that parents have to make, um, just for me to like, just like our athletes do, like I I've never had like a formal, formal coach before. And so this is real well, uh, since college. Right. So this is really cool where I can like look in my log and be like, Oh, I've got to run 10 miles a day. And then I don't even have to think about it. Um, so as it pertains to, um, um, scheduling, no, but uh, really, really big changes on like my mental load. Um, because honestly, as a parent, I'll take all the help I can get, like all the help I can get to like just make it through my day. And so, um, that's a big, a big deal for me. Awesome. I, I love how you're talking about the decision fatigue and how, you know, working with a coach has helped, you know eliminate some of the decisions you have to make in the day. And, you know, that's taking a little stress off your plate and every, like a little bit helps, um, especially when you're, you know, dealing with situation like you have. Sarah, um, your kids are a bit older. What's, you know, how do you get your training done during the week? How do you make it, how do you make everything fit? So, um, you know, it's interesting, the question that you asked Drew about, um, about having the coach, has that made a difference? Because you know, definitely for me, having a coach made all the difference in the world. And I think a lot of it was the decision fatigue piece. And some of it was just, I had a schedule and my coach said, these are my runs. And so when I took that schedule to my husband, it's like, these are my days, like, this is what I'm doing. And it made it very easy and concrete for us. Whereas before that, it was like a constant negotiation, not just decision fatigue, but that relationship fatigue of like, well, today, can I run? Like, what if you finish making dinner and I get the run at, you know, it was like this constant negotiation. So anything you can do to make a routine and like limit how much you have to think or how much you're like talking to your partner, talking to your kids. And it's just part of what you do, the easier it's going to be for you to execute and the better it's going to be for everybody's feelings. Um, and so I've gone through different things at different periods. There was a period where I was definitely waking up early and getting the runs in before work when I was working you know, my schedule is less flexible. So I was doing like those meeting somebody at 515 in the morning and getting back. And again, this is my kids were sleeping through the night. So I would know I could get back at, you know, 630 and they would probably still be asleep. And it wasn't like my husband was dealing with kids early by himself. Um, and then I still do that a bit, the early mornings. I also coach with revolution running. So every Thursday, my kids and my husband do guys night and they eat pizza and like, hang out the boys and I get my runs in, you know? And so it's like this nice thing. They love it. They get so mad when I'm home from coaching. Cause I'm like ruining guys night. <clears throat> so it's a fun way to make my running like a fun thing for the family. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, 
yeah, now, but now with the kids being in school, there's a lot more flexibility in my day. But when there was less flexibility, it was a lot of early mornings. And then the weekends, you know, it's, I have to make room for my partner too. So he gets Saturdays, I get Sundays, right? And that's only fair. We both live here. We both want to be outdoors. I can't get both days of the weekend. So making sure that I'm um, not just thinking about myself in that process. Yeah. And in the notes, you mentioned a lot about the importance of communication. And this is kind of a a value of ours at microcosm and something that we continually kind of reiterate on these calls and with our athletes is just the importance of communication. Um, and that starts at the home and that starts at home, you know, that starts with your loved ones, your parents, your kids, and then that, you know, what you, what you do there sets the tone and expands out into, you know, your broader circles. Um, and I just think that's so important. Sarah, can you, you had some really good notes here, um, on, you know, shifting priorities again and flexibility and priorities when you when you made a career change and i just i think that you know that part of your particular story would be would be of interest to athletes would you mind expanding on that a little bit i actually think that was drew's note oh is that true is that your note drew uh yeah but all right i want to hear we've from all you done the thing i i was just thinking that that with me, I was working like TJ mentioned before, like a full-time retail job. I was also coaching part-time for microcosm while also having two young kids while also trying to, you know, have a, a strong, healthy marriage and uh, train and just like a lot on my plate. Um, and so what my uh, Alicia and I, what we decided to do was we were at a place where I pulled back from like, you make your priorities, right? Um, the kids and Alicia, they are my priority. They're, they're one A and B, right? And so um, what else can I do to change my life? Because I'm underwater, like I'm stressed out. I'm unhealthy at this point. Like I don't feel good. Um, and so part of that was to uh, give up you know, uh, resources like, uh, economically to be able to have a ton of time and, and coach, which is nice. I love it. Like that's like ultimately in my dream job. Um, but with that coaching comes a lot of flexibility. Um, and, and that's given me the opportunity to like, get my, you know, ducks in a row, right. Not, not be so like mentally stressed out where I'm, I'm struggling as a human and a father and a husband, um, in being able to prioritize my family the way I need to, you can say all day long, like, I love my kids. They're the priority, but like, it takes action to like, what are, what are, what was I, I'm not gonna speak for anyone else. What was I going to do to make sure that my kids and, uh, and Alicia, my wife were my priority. Um, and that's what I had to do. And obviously we make changes here to, to accommodate that, but my whole family, including me, we're all in a much better, happier place, um, because we were able to, you know, follow through with making what was important, the priority. Wow. I love that, man. Amazing. And it takes so much courage and vulnerability to make a big change like that, especially when there's, you know, financial implications. I know, you know, for many of us, the financial element to what we do in our jobs is always a point of contention. It's a difficult topic to discuss. Um, it's, it's hard to do things and to ch make changes that are more in alignment with your values and what you want to prioritize. 
when you're making less money, especially right now. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know where you, with where you guys live, but where I live, I swear the grocery store is 50% more expensive. Like my personal bills, uh, at, at food related are absurd. And, um, I know that that is the way it is for, you know, many people on our team. And it's hard to make decisions like that, especially for you, Drew, I'll give you just a, another, kudos on that. Like you made a tough decision during a tough time. Um, and it's, you know, I think that that's really inspirational and speaks a lot about, you know, you living to your values, you being flexible and reprioritizing, um, and kind of coming back to those things that we mentioned at the beginning of the call that are just really vital skills for parents, but also for athletes it's like flexibility and priorities and values and knowing that, you know, there, there may be a hierarchy of things, but those things can change. They are interchangeable. They don't have to be hard and fast rules that we live our lives like with a lot of rigidity around. And in fact, when we do live that way, we might be limiting ourselves quite a lot. Um, And so, you know, I think you're, you're really addressing that with kind of your personal story. And that's why it makes sense to pull that into the conversation. Um, Sarah, I want to hear a little bit more from you about the idea of self-care for parents. Um, I think we've kind of touched on this a little bit in the call. We've kind of gone back and forth a little bit about it. Um, you know, parents are just under a lot of stress. They have a lot of different demands. Um, and, and just for high achieving folks in general, who happen to also be parents, um, sometimes forget that, like, we need to take care of ourselves too. Um, and parents need to take care of themselves. Um, and so what, what are your kind of tips there? What are your thoughts there on that? Well, first, I think um, starting with the foundation that caring for yourself is not a selfish act. Um, And very often the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves can feel selfish when we are also in charge of taking care of small kids and we have jobs and we have other things. And we always, when not we always, Something I often hear, something I've experienced is when I'm taking the time to care for myself, I'm thinking about the things I'm not doing for the other people who I need to be doing things for, right? Um, And so starting with that foundational belief that it is your responsibility actually to take care of yourself as a parent, um, as a person, but as a parent, because you can't show up fully for your kids or your partner, if you are, uh, you know, if, if you're half full, if you are not taking care of yourself. So start with, if you want to be an awesome parent, then you have to be an off, you have to be your best self because you as a half person aren't going to be the best parent that you could be. So I think that piece is really, really important. And then Reframing self-care, again, not as like, oh, when I start flying off the handle, when I start being short with everybody, when I'm at my wit's end, I'm going to go take a bubble bath or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do that thing that makes me feel better. But scheduling things in every day, every week, every month that take care of you. So, okay, I know 
if I am just sitting at home all day with my kids and I don't see another adult for six months, I'm going to feel miserable. So I'm going to schedule a monthly coffee date with my friend, right? I know if I don't move my body at least every other day, I don't feel good and it makes me grumpy. I'm going to schedule in exercise three times a week, whatever it is. So you know what your needs are and it's paying attention. What are the things that make me full and, and help me show up? And so, and like, what are those? Sometimes it's like, what are the bare minimum, right? We can't do it all. It's not like, well, I need an hour massage every day and also <laughs> three hours of free time. And, you know, we can't do all that, but like truly asking yourself, what do I need? And then giving yourself that because it's nobody else's job to do that, but your own. And, and I think that it's fair to say, at least in my experience, that mothers tend to bear more of that burden when it comes to taking care of themselves. They, they do the kids first and their spouse first. They do a lot of things before they take care of themselves. And so just in my experience as a husband um, to a, a wife that has very similar deals, like she will literally take care of everyone before she takes care of herself. It's important for me to help her remind her like, Hey, like you give me the time that I need to do these things. And I want to give that back to you to make sure that she is good. Um, the kids for whatever reason, they gravitate towards her. Like I wish my kids would want to snuggle me at night. Like they want to snuggle their mom. Right. And so there's just some things that we can't control. So it's important for me as her partner to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm reminding her like, Hey, like you need to go do this. Let's, let's schedule it. So you can take some time for yourself. And then also um, it's really great modeling for your kids, right? So kids are not, it's not their job to make us happy. Um, it's our job to take care of our own emotional needs and it's going to be their job to take care of themselves when they're older. And so we are showing them how we do that. We're showing them how we set goals. We're showing them what discipline looks like. We're showing them how to live life and live big, you know, all those things that you value and you do through you know your other hobbies and your self-care stuff those that is also parenting that is also impacting your children you know you being yourself is the best gift you can give them oh man i love that i think that's huge you know you guys are coaches and in in part your role models there and and as parents you are as well and just it's the values you get to instill and and all of that in in your kids is an amazing opportunity i'm just i think that that's just so freaking awesome um and it's it's just really cool to hear both of you talk about you know supporting your partners and communicating at a really high level and then also really making sure that you know we're we're breaking down the stigma around that self-care and around you know you're responsible for your emotional state, not other people's. And in order to keep your house in check, to keep your house in order, you have to prioritize time for yourself to re because you can't show up, you know, as your authentic self and be that role model if you're half empty or worse. And like the wrong time to do those things is when you're breaking down. Um, and I think that that is such an important reminder for everybody, whether you're a parent or not. We often use our tools in a reactionary way instead of proactively. And that's, that's an area we can all work on. Um, I don't know anybody on the micro team 
or in my personal friends group or anywhere else who is doing that perfectly. Like, I think, you know, our culture and our society makes it hard for us to do that and to advocate for our needs. Um, and so we're, you know, we're going to challenge those norms and, and really break that stuff down because that allows us to be the parents we want to be, that allows us to be the role models we want to be, the athletes, you know, all of that stuff. Um, we can't do any of that from a, from a half empty perspective um, or literally that place. Uh, last question of the day. Um, I'm curious if either of you guys have ever felt guilty for prioritizing your training or a goal or something like that over something that your kids have wanted to do? Have you ever had to make a tough decision like that? What is it? What has it felt like? Um, who wants to jump in here? Drew? Oh, just only because again, my kids are so young that they don't have a lot of things going on. Um, where my guilt as a parent comes from is when I want to go do something or a goal or whatever it is, that leaves my spouse with both kids at the same time. And, and I know it sounds, I, I feel like as a non-parent, someone might be like, well, it's, it's two kids. Like how hard could it be? It's like, come watch my kids, right? Like it is, it is difficult. Um, it is challenging. Um, and so uh, guilt, not so much around something the kids want to do, but guilt as it pertains to like my spouse and, and what they want to do in their free time. And so, yes, I have felt that if you haven't felt guilt, I, I don't know anyone that hasn't. Right. So that's like a really common thing, I think. Um, and then um, uh, really what it comes down to is uh, communication. That's what works for Alicia and I. Um, anytime I feel guilt or anytime she might feel guilt, um, it's talking about it and communicating that. And and really when it comes to training or goals, it's back to the beginning of the conversation. What's your priority? Um, and and if shit happens and something you planned out for months in advance or whatever it is, it doesn't pan out. It's like, this sucks, but what's important. My marriage is important. My kids are important. And then everything else is after that. Right. And so that's kind of how we've dealt with it. I love that. Sarah. Yeah. I haven't really struggled with my kiddos, like having something else going on. I feel like we're able, they're young enough and they don't really have their like sports sort of competition and stuff at this point. Um, but I do feel like very early on, especially when I was working full-time out of the house and um, our hours, I would, you know, you get 90 minutes with them at night and that was it. Cause we'd come home from work and then you eat and bath and bed and that's it. In the morning you wake up and, and you go to work. Like that's what it's like really when the kids are little and you're working out of the house, you don't see them. So then on the weekends, I'm going for a run. And it's like, well, you only see your kids how many hours a week and you're on, out for a run. So nobody's saying that to me, but that's the guilt that I felt. Oh, what kind of mom am I that I'm willing to be away from my kids when I don't see them that much, you know? But if I'm working all the time and I only have these hours at night, when was I fitting time in for myself too, right? So I can see in retrospect that that was important. I knew that it, I needed that time. But yeah, it's really hard when you think about those pressures of like the, the time with your kids limited, you know. Do you have any tips for an athlete who might be dealing with some guilt? I think 
doing, you know, exploring some of those feelings and, and challenging some of the unhelpful thoughts um, with these reminders of, you know, I am taking care of myself. It is my responsibility to take care of myself. It is not selfish. And, and letting, just like Drew said, letting your partner know, hey, I'm struggling when I take, when I go for my run on the weekend, I'm struggling with guilt around this. Can you help me um, and remind me that I need this, that it's important? kind of thing. Awesome. Well, thank you for imparting all that wisdom on onto, you know, everybody on the call right now and who's who will, you know, be listening to this after when we get it out there into the world. I think that, that was just uh really informative. There's so much crossover in so many things that I think parents are forced to think about and and deal with and particularly around the idea of the flexible priorities on self-care, giving grace, uh, understanding that timelines for goals need to change. And these are all things that parents are, are asked to reflect on and deal with really acutely because of, you know, your job as parents. Um, and, you know, I see other athletes really struggling, really, really struggling with stuff like that. And, um, it's something that we all need to get a better uh, grasp of because in order to have longevity, especially in a sport like running, we need to be more flexible about how we prioritize things. We need to proactively give ourselves time to recover. We need to be able to be flexible with our goals and not put pressure on any one goal and continue to zoom out over you know many months and ideally years. Um, and so I just, I really enjoyed hearing about that and also the, the, in, the other insights that came through the conversation. So thank you guys. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, well that, that about does it. I hope everybody has a great weekend and, um, Drew, enjoy the family time. And if you're out on the trails, enjoy that as well. Awesome. Thanks TJ. Yeah. See you guys soon. Bye. Hey. Okay.